In this episode of the Team Superdad podcast, I talk dedication, 762 daily live streams and having eight kids with the awesome dad that is Glenn Lundy. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Super Dad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad. Hello, Team Super Dad. Welcome back. It's good to have you here. If you're a first time listener, then of course, how did you find us? Welcome along. What brought you here, I wonder? And if you are a returning listener, a subscriber, a fan, then it's brilliant to have you back. As uh, as I'll talk about in today's episode, I've got fans. I've got fans, man. We've got more listeners coming in the United States and from other places in the world. Of course, most of you are in the UK. But what I need is some more reviews. So uh, if you are listening, make sure you've been subscribed and uh, and send us a review. Apple Podcasts is the place to be. If uh, if you basically, it's just easy. Go into into Apple Podcasts. Click on the thing, leave a review, say something nice, and uh, and let me know. Let me know what you want more of. Basically, this episode of the Team Superdad podcast is with a guy called Glenn Lundy, an absolutely awesome man from the US. A dad, a dad to seven with another kid on the way. <laughs> I said to him, "How? How does how does that happen? Like you've got to both be on the same page, surely, to to have that many children." And it is inspiring. I. I I've got a big family in America. None of them have got quite that many each, but they do have lots each. And there's something cool about like the team that comes together. I would definitely have had more, had the opportunity and circumstances been been right. But, and maybe life doesn't always support that many kids and maybe you don't want that many kids. But but believe me, when, when you've got the, the team and, and Glenn talks about the team that he has with his wife, when you've got the team when you've got the money, when you've got the space, when you've got the heart for it, uh, a big family is is incredibly rewarding. And yeah, you're just going to love this. I won't tell you too much more, but Glenn is, his background actually is in the automotive trade. He's uh, incredibly successful across the US in terms of car dealerships. And he now coaches car dealership firms and staff and systems and basically helps them become incredibly successful and even more impressive than that, if you don't happen to have a car dealership, then it won't be useful to you. But even more impressive than that, he has done 762 consecutive daily live streams on YouTube and Facebook called The Daily Grind. And so we talk about what kind of energy it takes to be that committed to something, what kind of dedication it takes. You know, the the the, the old adage is about overnight success, but the truth behind overnight successes is no one becomes an overnight success overnight. It's some kind of minimum a year, but more like two, three, four, five years of hard work before you become an overnight success. It ain't your first video or your first podcast episode. It's probably more like your hundredth or something like that. So let that be a motivation to you. If you're a dad, well, you probably are if you're listening, but if you're a dad, come on over to the Team Super Dad community and the Hero Academy, we are all about men creating their best life ever in the areas of focus, fitness, finance, family and fun. When you can get a hold on those areas, when you can take control of your life, your your happiness, your your relationships, your success in work or with that passion project you've, you, you want to tackle, whether you're thinking about money and maybe you're getting out of debt or maybe you've got loads of money and actually, but you're still stressed about it. It's, it's about being at peace. I read a great book this week called uh, Ikigai, or it's, it's a book about Ikigai, which is a Japanese principles of successful living. And they've been doing that for over a thousand years. And I don't think I'll be spoiling the book by telling you that it's it's the same core principles of family, of of positive work, of of resilience, of not putting all your eggs in one basket, of community, of living a balanced life. So not too stressed not too sedentary, keeping working, loving what you do, finding time and peace for yourself. Like this is Ikigai. This is Team Superdad. So wherever you're at, whatever your need is, if you're a dad who wants to create their best life ever, if you want to live a life that you feel inspired by rather than the life you feel stuck in, then come on over. Come and be part of the Team Superdad community, the Hero Academy, booting off in January big time. And you don't want to miss that. 
Until then, though, enjoy this conversation with Glenn Lundy, and I'll see you on the other side. Glenn, good day to you, sir. How are you? I am great, man. Good day to you. It's a pleasure to be here, man. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, obviously, the accent betrays you there. So uh, you're not from, from England, and I've already introduced you. Here. <laughs> I well, would say your accent betrays you there. Well, there's definitely more of you than that. So. <laughs> yeah. It's quite exciting, actually. I do have increasing numbers of listeners on the podcast in the, in the US. So that's always exciting. Yeah, um, man, that's great. And we'll come on to it, but you've got listeners all around the world with the with the Rise and Grind show. I'm absolutely sure. But um, where where are you? Where where are you coming from uh, in the states? Yeah, so I am live in uh, live. Why did I say live? I am a live in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky, kind of the uh, you know middle eastern part of the country. Okay, got that. Yeah. <laughs> People in Britain have just, they don't get in their head how big America is, right? They, it just doesn't, it doesn't equate. And even with the election and stuff recently, it's like <laughs> people and it's like, no, no, it is massive. It is massive. I had a guy on the podcast the other week and he was joking about how he and his buddy like flew out to the States and just for kicks, they were going to drive across. Yeah, just for kicks, huh? They're gonna drive drive across the U.S. That's a, that only take only take you about I don't know five days, five yeah. days to drive all the way across. They they were on a jaunt, I think. College <laughs> buddies who didn't really care what was what was happening, right? And uh, and you're a dad, you're a dad, Glenn. I am, man. I have um, seven kiddos as of right now. I've got a handful of girls and. A couple of boys, and then uh, we're getting ready to have number eight in <laughs> January. My wife is pregnant with number eight right now. <laughs> talk talk so, us about that, right? How does how does a couple? How long have you been married? How long have you been married? So my wife and I, I don't know how long we've actually been married. I think we've been married nine years, but we've been together for twelve years. Okay, right. And did you just like? When you got together or when you decided you were going to stay together, did, did the subject of more than three, let alone eight children, come up? <laughs> no, man. It was just kind of like <laughs> it was like we, we met. Like I, I was like, hi, I'm Glenn. She's like, I'm Leslie. And then, boom, she was pregnant like that. Like we just shook hands and she got <laughs> pregnant. I don't even know how it happened. And then so then we were like, all right. So we did that. We realized we really liked each other a lot. And uh so then we decided to get married. And as soon as we decided to get married, then boom, she was pregnant with a second one. Like before we, like we were engaged, but not married yet. She got pregnant with number two. And then, um, then we got married. And then after the second one, you know, she was just like, like, let's just keep going. Right. And just, she, you know, I'm a dude, man. It's hard to, it's hard to say no. Like, what do you do? You know, like, she's like, come here. I'm like, yes, ma'am. You know? And, and that's kind of how it went. And after each kid, as soon as she did the baby, she'd be like, I want another one. I want another one. I want another one. And then finally, bro, this last one that she's pregnant with right now, I was standing in the bathroom. I was brushing my teeth and she walks up behind me. She slams a pregnancy test down on the counter. And she says, I'm never touching you again. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, apparently we're done. Apparently the, uh, the, 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 the baby thing is over. So this is our last one right, right here, but it never was really, the only conversation we had was her whispering in my ear, like follow me and me being like, yes, ma'am. That, that was it. You're the stud. I mean, <laughs> if you're a horse, you'd be like a million dollar horse. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny man i love that <laughs> both big families say that again you both come from big families um so she has four brothers and sisters yeah. she grew up really with one brother but then her mom got married later in life and um uh, had triplets so she's got triplet siblings that are 13 years younger than her i guess um one of them actually works for me now which is super super cool and then uh, I have one full sister, but between marriages that my dad was married four times. And so between some marriages and stuff, I have 
a total of seven brothers and sisters between some of them being like half brothers and steps and partials and, and all that stuff, but only one full blooded sister. And what, you know, blimey, having a family that big is, is expensive, right? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Like, just to go through the drive through costs us like 60 bucks. Happy meals. Is yeah, it? dude. Is yeah. And they don't even eat 70% of it. That's the worst part. Oh, I know. Well, the day they stop, the day your kid goes, Daddy, Happy Meals just not enough anymore. You're like, okay. McDonald's suddenly got super expensive. Yeah, man. They and so go where- through a gallon of milk a day, a box yeah. of cereal a day. Like, it's crazy. Where were you on your? Well, tell us a little bit about your business and 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 because you, know, you, know, you have created some significant success and and it didn't it wasn't always that way. But to start with, let's just talk about where the business is at right now because you're doing great, huh? And what, what, what's it all about? Tell us tell us about some of the things you're up to. Yeah, man. So we really have, um, you know, what what I have two kind of lanes that I work in. So I have an automotive business where I consult and work with leaders in the auto industry, helping them scale their volume, their profitability, their employee retention, and their overall dealership culture. And so we kind of have that lane, which has really grown in the last uh, 12 months. We really started to pour into that. And so we're working with a lot of dealerships all across the, the country, um, as well as partnering with some some large uh, corporations in the auto world to help them with their training and stuff as well. So that part's super, super cool. And that's, that's been, that's been growing a lot. Um, And that's kind of like behind the scenes work that I do. And then as far as the other avenue of our business, we have this thing called hashtag rise and grind, which is where uh, it started as me going live at five 30 in the morning Oh, uh, crazy, right? <laughs> I was going to tease that in because Jessica, your PA, she she is like, oh, well, he can't do that time. Uh, he does the Rise and Grind show then. And I was like, what, at 5.30 a.m.? She goes, yeah, it's the Rise and Grind show. What, what time do you think we do it? <laughs> That's right, man. 5.30 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. We did episode 762 this morning. We've done 762 straight episodes uh, starting back in January January of 2018. And so I do that. That has become its own business. So it started yeah. as a show. And then people wanted a Facebook group. So we made a Facebook group and then people wanted like t-shirts. So we created t-shirts and then that led to a whole clothing line. And then we do offline events and we sell coffee and we do coaching and consulting. And like, it's just this, this massive, unbelievable thing, man. It's unbelievable. I can't believe. This is the important message for people listening. There's that expression, you know, overnight success, but, Overnight success generally behind every overnight success is some kind of <laughs> serious amount of hard work. What 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 was your motivation on you know for the first twenty episodes of that getting up at five? Because you're not just getting up at five thirty; you're going live at five thirty. Yeah, yeah. Think of twenty consecutive things to talk about, let alone um, what is it five, seven five hundred and six seven hundred and twenty seven hundred and sixty two episodes. Yeah, so you got to come up with something to say every day. Seven hundred and seventy six to. <laughs> but just for people who are starting you're on day one planning the first 20 days no one's watching what what was going through your mind what was what was the drive behind yeah so so day one i actually go back and i watch that video often and there's a reason this chalkboard right here is behind me because the the first time i went live and for the for the early part of the show i was in a utility closet up in my house it was just uh a six foot long by like three foot wide utility closet. There was a water heater just behind the, the camera that nobody could see. Baby's clothes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So there's a water heater and I'm in a closet and this chalkboard was there. You know, I put the chalkboard up to make it look like something was on the wall. So it looks somewhat like a studio. Uh, and I had the sound deadening things and so on and so forth. And so the first time I went live, it was like, ah, 
It's so bright. Like these lights at 5.30 a.m. This is crazy. Like, what are you doing? And I was waking up at like 5.15 to do a show at 5.30. I had no idea what I was going to talk about. Uh, I just knew that for some reason, I really wanted to create a space online that was nothing but motivation, education, and inspiration. I was so frustrated with the uh, division and the violence and all the negativity in social media. And so instead of just complaining about it, I was like, let's create a space that's positive. At least I know. And maybe it's for me. Maybe it's for other. I don't even know why. I just know instead of complaining, that doesn't do us any good, right? Like there's an ancient proverb, ancient Chinese proverb that says, uh, it's much better to light a candle than to curse at the dark, right? And that's really where I was at is I was like, instead of being frustrated with negativity online, let's create a positive place. Let's just be the light, right? And so I went live and I didn't really know what I was doing or why I was doing. I just knew that uh, I needed some positivity in my world and by building it kind of for me and holding myself accountable, I ended up attracting more people like me that wanted that, that wanted some motivation, education, inspiration, that was frustrated with what they were getting online and from social media and their own lives. And so, yeah, it just kind of started as that. There were some other motives behind it as well. I had built a name for myself in the automotive world using social media. It had been really powerful for our, our, our dealership. We had grown 800% using social media as an incredible tool to attract new talent as well as new clients and, and customers. And so I wanted to create that space. It was also great for some marketing. I needed to do a little more on social media. And so, yeah, I just pressed go, man. Just like, boom, go live, lights in the eyes, not really knowing. And uh, now 762 episodes later, I've got a much better system. I wake up at 3.20 in the morning. Now is when I wake up. I go to bed at 11 p.m. and I get up at 3.20 a.m. And uh, I go, what's that? Four hours sleep a night. You average four hours sleep a night. Four hours and 20 minutes, specifically. Yeah, four hours and 20 minutes every night. How do you squeeze the most amount of juice out of that much sleep? Like, because I've read stuff before about how we don't all need as much sleep as we think we do. Or, you know, there's the classic, oh, we need eight hours. Or, and I've worked out if I go to bed at the right time, I can get, you know, I can six, six and a half and I, and I feel okay over sure. a amount of time. But I need to go to bed between 10 and 10 30. Mm-hmm. If I go to bed later than that, then it, it all goes out the window. But, mm-hmm. I don't know how I could function on four hours sleep. And I have read about getting the most out of your sleep, like getting into a deep sleep, being more yeah. relaxed, obviously the right environment. What what have you learned about sleep that's allowed you to operate as effectively as you do on four hours sleep a night? Yeah. So what the, the biggest thing that I learned about sleep is, is that we, we sleep in cycles, right? Ever since the beginning of time, we've, we've slept in cycles. Like it didn't, it didn't used to make sense to go into a coma for eight hours before we had, you know, security systems and locked doors. Like it just didn't make sense. And so in our DNA, biologically, we sleep in these waves. So you've got light sleep that goes down into a deep sleep, brings you back up into a light sleep. You're fairly aware. You're not all the way awake, but you're aware of sounds and noises and things like that as a protective device. And so all humans, from what we know and understand, their sleep cycles are roughly two to three hours. Somewhere right in that area there, you're going to go from light to deep to light. And if you can figure out exactly what that cycle is and wake yourself up when you're in a light sleep, you will feel rejuvenated. You will feel like you slept you know, 10 hours. You get all of that because your body was already close to that 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 awake point this is why the snooze button is like the devil it is the devil it's a it devil, devil. Black tech yeah, yeah, man. from china <laughs> who invented it who invented um, i used to know this i used to know the answer to this i did a show on this three weeks ago snooze button and then someone 
you know, Peter Piper. You know, he was like, hey, guys, I've got an idea. Let's put this button on. There's like folklore about the, the hole on, on toothpaste, which is how do we sell more toothpaste? And um, uh, and the cleaner said, uh, make the hole bigger or something. Now, I, I'm sure that's that's not exactly like that, but the, the snooze button is, is classic. But these, it's called, are they called Carcadian rhythms? Something like that? They are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Carcadian rhythms. And and I learned about this from uh, from uh, I had a girlfriend, a uh, lovely woman. Uh, we were in you know, a significant relationship. Um, she had tr- trouble sleeping, and I was determined to fix her. There's a lesson out there: women don't like being fixed. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's taken me two relationships to work that out. Right? <laughs> One of them a marriage, uh, but but um, yeah, Carcadian rhythms, and that's how I know that. 10 to 10.30, if I go to bed then, I'm all good. I can actually wake up between 5.30 and 6, and I'm and I'm pretty good. But um, it's when I go to bed later than that, and I trick myself into wanting to get up later and blah, blah, blah. So people should really um, – I'll see if I can if, – if you're part of the Team Superdad community and you're listening to this, I will dig up some um, some articles and info on, on Carcadian Rhythms in the Team Superdad group. If you're not in the Team Super Dad group and you want that, well, then you need to come and join the Team Super Dad group. That's, that's how that's going to work. Yeah, uh, I like that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, man, but it's, it's good. So I know I'm right at two hours and 10 minutes. Two hours and 10 minutes is my, um, you know, is my sleep cycle. And so I will go to bed at exactly 11 o'clock. Like at 10.59, I'm awake. At 11 o'clock, I'm asleep. At four twenty, I wake. Or at three twenty, I wake up. Uh, I no, you'll no snooze, none of that other stuff. I get up three twenty a.m. That's how I rock. By knowing that cycle, like even when I travel, I don't ever have to deal with any jet lag or time zones or anything like that. You just stay in the cycle. So, for example, if I'm on the west coast of the United States, which, by the way, the United States is a pretty big place. I don't know if you knew that, but just, just you know. So when I'm on the west side of the United States, it's three hours earlier than where it is where I am here. So I might have to entertain, do dinner the night before or whatever, and still do a show at 2.30 a.m. Pacific time. I've got to do a live show. Okay. So a lot of times I'll stay up later and only sleep two hours and 10 minutes to that way. To yeah. Run. That way I get, yeah, exactly. I get the full cycle and then I can come deliver the show completely full of energy. So, I mean, once you know them, it's literally like a superpower, man. Like I sleep in two hour and 10 minute increments. If I want to sleep extra, I'll, if, so normally I'll sleep four hours and 20. If I want to sleep extra, I go six hours and 30 if I want to sleep even if I'm on vacation, I can go eight hours and 40. But the key is to never wake up in the middle of a sleep cycle. That's what causes grogginess, long-term grogginess. So you really get that defined, and it's a game changer for you. And your eight children understand this completely, yeah? <laughs> they, they do, actually, because that when I go to bed – that, that moment, and my wife understands it as well. So that window that I sleep, they know that that's all I sleep. And so, like, mom is responsible. Between 11 and 3.20, dad's off the – like, I'm off the clock. That's the four hours and 20 minutes, and I'm in a coma, bro. It's like deep sleep. You can't wake me up even if you try to. And so my wife's very respectful of that. My kids, they know if it's between those hours and there's an emergency or something, you gotta go. got to go to mom. But they, there's there's that expression, um, successful people do what other people won't, right? And it's like there's it's that challenging yourself, putting habits and routines in place that are, you know, you're optimizing your, yourself, but you've studied it to understand it, and then you're applying it consistently, like with dedication, and then you're seeing the, the results. And, um, and by the sounds of it as well, you're in a relationship where – because of your success, but equally because of the respect and then around wrapped all around that is, is the evidence that it works. You've mm-hmm. got a system there. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's a, uh, it's a team sport. It's a team yeah. sport, especially when, you know, we're, we're completely outnumbered. We have to run zone defense, like man, man to man defense ended a long time ago, dude. <laughs> like it's totally zone defense. So my wife and I play, 
we play the team sport well. You know, she homeschools the kids and and takes care of things. You know, make make sure to do, do a head count. And at the yeah. at, by the time I get home each day, there just needs to be the same amount of kids. They all need to be alive and hopefully uh, well well educated. And so Mama handles that and. My responsibility is to go out and, and continue to grow and, and make an impact and a positive impact in other people's lives and and, and work on building our empire from an from an economic standpoint, as well as, uh, you know, our financial legacy. Yeah. Yeah. And that reference to teams, and I can see the L.A. Raiders uh, logo on the on the seat behind you there. Do you, do you, do you have a sport background? Is you know are those sport kind of metaphors uh, important for you or, or where do you get some of your 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 team references have you got any icons and and, and uh, people there you, you, you yeah i mean i always grew up enjoying sports uh i was i was that guy that i couldn't play football i was too little i was a skinny i had no weight i couldn't play yeah. football couldn't play baseball because i got hit by baseball and it hurt so i was like i'm never playing this sport again <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you're <laughs> throw a ball at me at 80 miles an hour, and if, and if I'm not going to hit it, I've got to catch it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, out, um, 100% out. But I did play basketball, and I ran track, and uh, I was like the guy that was always second, second, second place, right? Like I was never the best at anything, but I was always really good at the things that I uh, that I committed to. But I just enjoy. Um, man, when it comes to, to sports, I can't help but see, I mean, we we're talking about some of the most successful people in their field, right? And I'm just a student of success. I love to study success. So you can't study success without studying Kobe Bryant. You can't study success without studying, you know, some of these uh, sports teams and athletes that have just done amazing and incredible things. And so that's where I think a lot of it comes from is as I study, and it's not just sports, I study area, other areas as well, but just as a student, I, t- I tend to pick up the language and the lingo yeah. of the most successful people, you know, in the world. And a lot of them happen to be athletes. Have you ever read uh, any of Coach Woodham's uh he was. He had the coach wooden. His business basketball teams. Um, no, I haven't heard of him. Most successful. Oh, Glenn, you're gonna love this guy. He's the most. Sweet. Successful. Send him over. I'm gonna find the book. Yeah, he's the most successful college basketball coach of all time. I think. Coach wooden. Wood. Um, coach wooden, American basketball coach. Yeah. So he's the all-time college basketball coach like most successful basketball coach college basketball coach nice and he's got coach wooden's uh i think they're called the six principles oh you're gonna love this guy yeah i'm gonna look him up um yeah and i've i've read arnie's story which i which i loved Um, john wooden john wooden yeah got it yeah, really cool guy. What and, about you, man? You like sports? Yeah, I love sport. A bit like you, I was always really good, but not the best. Um, gotcha. And so I loved playing uh, soccer, football. Um, <laughs> again, not that great. I came from an era where the coach would always say, make sure the first tackle counts. <laughs> you, know, like, you can't do that anymore. You can't just kick them you know, for the first tackle. But I also, <laughs> literally, if you hurt them the first time, then they won't, uh, they won't play so well for the rest of the game. I mean, it's like old school. That's true. Right. That makes sense. But, um, you know, again, I guess it's about assert your authority in, in the situation really. But uh, then when I started playing rugby, I went to a, a, a secondary school <clears throat> Uh, which is a uh, historically grammar school. Uh, grammar school is different to you guys. A grammar school in America is is a small school, infant school type thing, uh, primary. But in the UK, it's a secondary school. Gotcha. So big rug, rugby background. Um, but I just love being part of the team. I love the camaraderie. I love the the win or lose. And then because I got so much family in Chicago, uh, where football, you know, American football, 
wrestling, basketball. Um, in the summer, I was a junior guard. So we were on big junior guard teams in Chicago, um, running, swimming, rowing, and just really understood from, from my American family in particular, the idea that just, just give it all, leave it all on the court. Um, die at the fin- I say to my kids, you die at the finish line. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, the magic is at the finish line. The same thing, like running, running, uh, running long distance, like kill them on the hill, kill them on the hill. Right. Right. Because everyone slows down on the way up, but blimey, it's easy to run down a hill. So kill them right. on the uh, on the hill, man. Yeah. I love that, man. The, uh, you read Goggins can't hurt me. Yes. Yes. So, so I read that book in December of, um, 2018 and, um, right. Yeah. We're in 20. Yeah. So December of 2018, I read Goggins' book and dude, I get done reading this book and I had done pretty well in my, in my life, like kick butt, man. Like one of the top auto dealers in the the world. I'm making great money. You know, I got the wife, the kids, all those things. And I get done reading that book and I looked in the mirror and I'm like, dude, you are a chump, bro. Like you are weak sauce. I felt so you know, like, come on. So I went out and I actually went on my show and I was like, you know what? I thought about it. I was like, what is something I hate? Right. Because Goggins like, you know, you just got to attack that thing that you don't want to do, the thing you don't want to do the most. And for listeners, Goggins, uh, David Goggins, uh, Navy SEAL, ultra runner. Yeah. From a tough background. Dad was, you know, gave him whoopings for sure. And um, he just built himself back up and, and, and took life on. And um, what, what you're about to share, Glenn, is about uh, Goggins hated water. And part right. of being you see always is a lot of water stuff and you know in his book he just takes takes that on so so yeah what did you take on what did you take on yeah so i looked at it and i'm like you know what i hate not swimming in water but drinking water i didn't drink any i didn't drink any water like ever for years like it was it had to have flavor something with flavor whether it be kool-aid or soda or uh you know, alcohol, any, anything but water, please no water. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to drink nothing but water for a year. Come on. <laughs> and I did it. I did it in 2019. I drank nothing but water all year long. And now I, now I crave water. It was a, a, a huge, a huge mental and physical shift for me. But uh, here's, I want to dig into that just slightly because it goes, it goes back to that thing about, you know, people that do, people do the, what people that do what other people won't have things that other people don't have. Don't. Yeah. And for anyone who's remotely religious Christian, there's a thing called Lent. It's like give things up for 40 days, right? You can give things, anyone can give things up. It doesn't have to be around a Christian holiday, but I do it every year because it's a good chance to give up chocolate, coffee, like all, all things that I like, right? I just give them up. And I notice how tough that is, particularly right. the first couple of weeks. It's it's like cold turkey almost. And I don't I don't take those things in excess. It's, that's why I give loads of them up because if I gave one up, I'd just have more of the other one. So so you were how old were you when you did this challenge? You know, you challenged yourself in this way. How old was I? Is that what yeah. you said? So this how was last you? year. So I was forty one. Okay, so you drunk a lot of artificial flavorings and sugar and everything like that. So what? What was the what were the cravings like to start with? Because people do try oh. to get out right, and, and they and they and the, the struggle at the beginning hurts. So tell let's talk about the struggle at the beginning. Let's talk about then after that the rewards you got at the end. They're like what was the struggles like at the beginning, and how did you push through them? So the the struggle at the beginning, and, and it was a struggle the entire time. Just okay. so you know, all three hundred and sixty five days, every single day, I wanted each day. Yeah, like every. I, I, this is all I drank, but I, it, I, this, I did not want this. I did not want, um, two liters a day or did you, or did you not really have a, did you have an oh, amount? I was drinking almost, almost a gallon, almost a gallon a day. Okay. So I think Every that's, day. that's nine, I think that's nine pints for us for UK, UK money, a gallon. Yeah. And it was, it was miserable. I'll be, I'll be honest. Like I, I hated it. People were like, 
you know, people were like, uh, you know, you probably enjoy it by now. It's been six months. I'm like, no, dude, I hate it. I want, I want to go have a drink with my buddy. Like I want to, I want to have a cocktail with my steak. Right. Like I hated it, but I, but I did it in the only way. The only reason I was able to do it was because, well, two reasons. One, you know, I committed and there's something about commitment, you know, commitment doesn't care how you feel. Just so, just so everyone's clear, commitment's not like, well, if I feel okay, I'll do it. Commitment means whether you're tired, whether you're sick, whether you want to, or whether you're not, you do it, right? And so I made that commitment, and then I had people holding me accountable. You know, I had my my family holding me accountable, my show, my group, so on and so forth. And so it was it was really hard the first couple of weeks i got you know you're excited about it you're like oh yeah that's cool you know um but then the cravings just hit like i wanted a milkshake brother and i wanted i wanted uh you know all these different things and so it was probably the mentally mentally like one of the hardest things that i ever did but here's what's interesting so after doing it for a year and like, I was like, okay, I don't have to do this anymore. I no longer have to drink water. I can drink anything I want, anytime I want. What do I end up grabbing 99% of the time now? Just water, dude. I just grab water. So now that I have the freedom to drink whatever I want, my body wants water because I've just created that behavioral pattern. And so what that taught me is that you know, and I already kind of knew this, but it just reaffirmed for me, you know, we are 95%, 95% of the decisions that we make on a daily basis are not from original thought. It's from a pre-programmed behavioral pattern that stems from years and years of doing things a certain way. And so if there are aspects or areas of our lives that we really want to change or transform, we have to make a commitment to do so and recognize that we're not going to want to. We don't have to like it. You don't have to enjoy it, right? We have to recognize that. But once you break through all of that, it'll be easier to do the thing than to not do the thing. And so you can create the behavioral patterns that lead you to success versus allowing your behavioral patterns to keep you from what you want. Yeah. And it's, it's how unconscious people are to that, that has our lives stay boring or stay on the lowdown. They stay, stay unfulfilling, slightly gray. If you were going to give it a color, Um, people wonder, how can I make my life better? How can I achieve the things that I want to achieve? It's not fair. I haven't got this. I haven't got that, but it's the, um, it's, it's the little things over time. Um, uh, Darren Hardy's book, um, just about compound, compound, yeah, compound leverage, uh, just doing the little things consistently over time. Um, atomic habits, James clear, you know, habit stacking, doing the same thing over and over again, will take you to a place where you didn't think you could get to, uh, you know, and it's the classic, how do you eat an elephant? You know, it's like, <laughs> like right. so everyone knows these things, but, but few people do them. It's just, it's just uh, stunning. And physically, how, what was the transformation there? How did, how did it leave you feeling or did you, was there any massive gains to your physical health from it? No, it was, um, you know, cause I still like ate sweets. So I didn't, I didn't like, I did, I wasn't doing it for dietary reasons, you know? So it wasn't, I wasn't doing it for, for, for really physical reasons. So not much of a transformation there. It was all, it was all mental for me. I wanted to, I wanted to win, you know, I wanted, I wanted to win and Goggins. I appreciate him sparking that in me, uh, you know, cause I really thought I was winning. And then I realized there's so much more. What's funny is in that same year, I got an opportunity to, uh, so I do some speaking events here and there. And I got an opportunity to speak with, uh, on stage with Eric Thomas, ET, oh, yeah. the hip hop preacher. Yeah, yeah, right? his podcast totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, go if you're listening. Not not that we want to, you know, obviously start with mine or Glenn's podcast, but uh, but another good podcast is ET and his crew just hanging out and 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 holding you all to account, basically. Yeah. So you were on stage with ET. 
Yeah, so I got to share the stage with E.T., and I had listened to his stuff for years and years and years, you know, and uh, and so I got to share stage. We were at this event called Hustle and Grand Con, and Eric Thomas was was talking, and he said, he said, you think you're doing good because you're feeding your family? You know how he gets? Come on! Come on! He gets all pumped up. He's like, you think you're doing good because you're feeding your family? You're supposed to feed your family. That ain't doing good. You know when you're doing good? You're doing good when you can feed a hundred families, right? And I was like, dang, he's got a point, man. I thought I was doing good. I was making more money than 99% of Americans. I had the white picket fence, my kids, everybody's everybody's cool, right? Like my 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 bills are paid and and all of those things. And I was hanging my hat on that. But Eric made me realize. Like, that's not where it's at, man. Like, this life is all about making an impact in other people's lives. And we have to position ourselves to be able to to make as big of an impact or allow the universe to use us in whatever way it wants to use us. But and, and we don't know what that is. And for some people, you know, you make a massive impact through through a small volume of people, right? Like not everyone's going to have big stages and big audiences and, and so on and so forth. But ultimately we have to cultivate ourselves to be in a position to make an impact. And so when Eric was like, dude, you're doing good when you can impact a hundred family, you can feed a hundred families every night versus just one. I was like, dude, there are so many more levels of this game, Right. And and just when I thought I was kind of at the top, I realized I'm not. I barely scratched the surface. We got so far to so far to go, and so that's 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 uh, that was a fun year for me. It's been transformative ever since, and I continue to anytime I start to settle into comfort, whether it's comfort in my relationship with my wife, whether it's comfort in my you know. Uh, um, taking for granted my kids, whether it's comfort financially, any of those things. As soon as I start to notice I'm getting comfortable, that's when I know like, whoa, 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 bro. Uh-uh. We got to, we got to turn things up a notch. Things, things are supposed to be challenging. They're supposed to be a little uncomfortable. You're supposed to be pushing and growing, right? Cause if you're not growing, you're dying. And and I don't want to spend this life dying. I want to spend this life growing. So that 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 was a fun that, that was a fun year for me. Yeah, but you've come all the way, haven't you? You you know your your backstory goes goes right back to to the toughest of times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've 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 definitely lived two seasons in my life. You know, so I had one season I call my two D life, where if it looked good and it felt good, the answer was yes. <laughs> And that would included drugs and drinking and chasing women and, you know, uh, all of those. Homeless at one point, right? What's that? Did that leave you virtually homeless at one point? Yeah, it did. As I, as I continued to run down that road, I burned a lot of bridges. I had a very Darwinistic, uh, mindset survival of the fittest. If I could get over on you, I'd get over on you. Like, I was just I was just a very selfish human being. And that led me to, you know, burn bridge after bridge. I lived in city after city, made mistake after mistake until I landed in San Diego and had no one to call and nowhere to go and and uh was homeless on the on the beaches of San Diego for a little while. And that homelessness you know, led me to hopelessness. Hopelessness led me to a deep depression. That depression led me to an attempt uh, or thoughts of suicide, which then I attempted to take my own life in the Pacific Ocean, um, you know, all of those things. And through that, I was able to thankfully get awareness of our ability to guide our lives in both the positive and the negative. So right after I attempted to to take my own life, I remember laying there on the beaches, looking up at the stars and realizing how big the universe was. And I had this moment, uh, Johnny, where I was like, wait a minute, Glenn, you've lived in all these different cities. You've been around all these different people, but yet you keep getting the same result. Like 
You can't keep blaming the people. You can't blame the city. You can't. <laughs> At some point, you got to look at the mirror and go, hmm. Every one of these pictures. <laughs> yeah. There's one consistent guy, you know. Well, wait, well, you know. Uh, uh, Where's Wally? Uh, you know, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. It was a Sherlock Holmes moment for me, right? And uh, once I realized it was me that was the catalyst of all things negative in my life, then I instantly was like, okay, wait a minute. If I'm the catalyst of all things negative, then does that mean I can be the catalyst of all things positive? Right? Like it only makes sense. If if I can create every negative thing, then maybe I can create every positive thing. And so that just channeled in a different direction. Yeah, that's right. Just channel. Exactly. Exactly. hundred percent. And so that led me to, a journey of self. Cause I wanted, I was like, okay, well, if I have this intrinsic ability to create what happens around me, then I should learn more about who I am. And, and so I started studying self and in studying self, I learned of the spiritual uh, aspect to us, which, which, which opened me to what I now call my 3d life, right? Before it was just mind body, then it became mind, body, spirit. And when I added the spiritual element, which I studied all types of different religions and different um, doctrines and, and, and spiritual understanding. And uh, once I realized there was that third element that not only gives us the ability to create what we want in our lives, but also a responsibility to do it in a positive way that doesn't reduce anyone else's. Like once I got that, then it was like, okay, this is an extra piece. So I quit burning bridges. I quit taking advantage of people. I quit lying, cheating, stealing. I quit, I quit doing those things that were harming others and, and began this kind of journey of a more holistic approach of how can, instead of dividing people, how can I bring people together and how can we empower people? And uh, I made plenty of mistakes along the way. You know, I wish I could say it was just like that, but I'm pretty stubborn, you know, so it took me a while to, to get it around, but that's where it all started was, it was in that moment to get me to where I am now. And I think <clears throat> no, I, I, these conversations are a huge contribution to me. Thank you. Um, it, it's, and I get to, I get to put it all together like a jigsaw in, in my own mind. And hopefully that is of value to the, to the team Superdad community and, and anyone listening to the podcast. But it really occurs to me because this week I've had a tough week. Someone asked me to do them a favor and put me in contact with a guy that had been asking him for help. He goes, so the guy says, I'm not a, I'm not a dad. I can't relate to this person. Can you help him? So turns out he's alcoholic. He's homeless. He's talking about taking his life. Like it's a very heavy thing for, for to be dealing with. And I've pushed him in the right direction. Now, I'm not trained to give him that kind of help. I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm here to, to help him. And, and I'm also not taking his, his garbage either. Sure. You know, but what I can hear from, from what you've just shared and having these very sort of heavy conversations with this guy this week, what it takes to bring yourself up off the streets to stable to in a relationship to and a, and a baby like that's a monumental jump the amount of energy required to go from there from a to b to get there but there's so many people who are doing okay look at what it would take to be successful like oh i want a bigger house i want to be a millionaire i want to have more holidays or whatever and they are kind of stopped by by the idea that that's too big a jump as well mm. but but what they need to realize like well would you make that jump if you were homeless? Like where, where would you stop at? What, how much energy would you put in to get off the streets to being stable? Okay. Well now you want to go from being stable to like you said, not just feeding your family, but, but well, I guess for most people it is more holidays, bigger house, nicer car. Right. So we'll just keep it at that for the time being, but then straight sure. up that comes, you can, you can be, um, be, be more um, giving in, 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 in the world and, and helping others. But that, that people, fail to realize that these are these are the same jumps the same energy level whatever stage we're at in life and and it's worth it let me ask you this was was did, 
has it become easier the more you've been around good people, you know, like people that you're learning from, people that are holding, not just holding you to account, but saying, oh, well, I wouldn't have gone left there. I'd have gone right there. Like, has it become easier for you now that you've you've built a stronger set of mentors and and, and support around you? Um, you know, yes, yes, yes and no. You know, accountability is huge and being around the right people is everything your net your network is your net worth is a is a very 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 true statement what's interesting though i was actually thinking about this a little earlier today so it's kind of funny that you that you brought up that question the the more success that we've had um you know as a company as a family so on and so forth and and the the relationships that we've been able to build and develop through that like it gets it gets it I don't want to say it gets harder, but it's, it's another level, dude. Like there's, there's, you, you see, you, you like hike up this mountain, right. And then you get to the top of the mountain and you take a deep breath and then you look over and there's another peak that's <laughs> so much higher. And you're just like, Holy smokes, dude. I didn't even, I didn't realize that that existed, you know? And so then you wake up 30 minutes earlier and you, and you grind even harder to get to that pinnacle. And when you get to the top of that pinnacle, you realize, holy smokes, there's another level. You know, my, my, my friend Grant Cardone talks about this, you know, he's got his jet and he's, 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 um, he's worth almost a billion, a billion dollars now. And he's got a, uh, supermodel wife that's, you know, 15 years younger than him and beautiful kids and all these things. But he talks about like, even at his level, there's always a bigger jet, man. There's always a bigger jet. And so it's interesting how I see people that are not happy and it's, it's, it sucks that sometimes as humans, sometimes we have to hit like rock bottom to feel it. Like what you were just referring to, like why, you know, sometimes we have to get all the way to the bottom, but we, we see people that are not happy with where they are at in life financially or, or whatever. And yet, and the, and they'll sleep more, they'll work less. But then you see people that are super high level that are making millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars. Dude, they're beasts. They're maniacs. They like it's it, 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 it's like we have this vision. Like I remember, I remember when I was making fifty five thousand dollars a year. You know, at twenty three years old or something thinking that was all the money. And I remember thinking if I could just, if I could get to like a hundred thousand a year, man, I could, I could like retire in a couple of years. I could take a vacation. Like all I was ever thinking about is not working. Now, as I get more and more, I just want to work more. I'm like, come on, let's go grab another project. Let's invest in this. Let's figure this out. Like let's wake up earlier. Let's stay up later. Let's pour more into this. It just gets, it gets more exciting and you want to work more. And so as far as getting easier, it's easier to find opportunities and get guidance, but it's harder because there's something that shifts in you and you start to see the world differently. And you realize, dude, I got to get my freaking butt into gear. Cause there's a whole lot out there that I haven't tapped into yet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that comes from action. There's a, uh, action. I got a, I made, I got a picture I made for myself it says action creates abundance. Yeah. Amen to that. I love that. Yeah. And, um, that's what it, we've, we've touched on that in a couple of different ways through, through this conversation, through, through the water, through the sport references to picking ourselves up off, off the, off the floor and, and getting ourselves back to different stages of life. There's, there's an action, there's a positive action. They're going to bed at a particular time, getting up at a particular time, doing 762 consecutive live streams. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> these, are, these are pieces of muscle that, that you worked on to, to create your success. And so where's, where's it all headed, Glenn? You know, where's, where's, the, where's the big vision for you? I mean, sorry, let, 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 somebody else is. The Rise and Grind it's a show, but it's also a community. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something that's going on as people can get involved around the world. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh it's become, it's become a movement and um, where, where, where does it ultimately go? I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Like when we started it, I never expected it to be here. So 
I can't, I can't even predict. It goes wherever people, wherever people ask me to take it is where I take it. That's been our, our number one success tip for, for what we've been able to create is we've just listened to our audience. That's it. So at first it was just a show. Then they said they wanted a group. So we created a group. Then they said they wanted shirts. We created shirts. Then they said they wanted events. We created events. Then they said they wanted a planner. We created a planner. Then they said they wanted coffee. We created coffee. Then they said they wanted like a next level mastermind. We created a next level mastermind. We, I don't try to, I guess what I'm saying is rise and grind is not for me. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs that go into business or they go into podcasting because they want, they want to win. And so that's, that's why they quit after 20 episodes when they don't have any audience, right? Um, or they quit when it gets frustrating. They quit when they get tired they, because it, they, it's about them. And rise and grind has never been about me. It'll never be about me. Um, it, it is about the impact that we're making and people feel that they know it's authentic they support it. They show up every day. They, we, we raise funds. We, 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 we help battle human sex trafficking. We, we help people battle cancer. Like we're doing big, big, big things that people can really stand behind. And so that would be my biggest tip, man, is you're a hundred percent right, Johnny. It's all about systems, like act, like taking action, consistent systems that push you and grow you and stretch you and ultimately doing it for the greater good of someone else's benefit, not your own. Those are the things that will keep you in the game for the long haul. And I guess that, that attracts people. There's like a, a, a more open space because they're coming, they're stepping into the space rather than stepping into you. They're stepping into the values rather than stepping into Glenn. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Amazing. We look at we look at rise and grind now. Like when I talk to my team over here, uh, I now have a team, which is kind of cool. <laughs> um, but when when I would talk with my team, man, we talk about we talk about Nike. We talk about how Nike doesn't sell shoes. Just in case you didn't know that, they sell a lifestyle. Man, you'll never see an advertisement by Nike that says "Go buy this shoe twenty percent off." You'll never see it. The retailer might have 20% off of their shoes, but Nike is not going to run an ad. Instead, you're going to see a soccer player running through the mud, getting, you know, kicking by this guy, kicking by that guy or girl and sliding through the mud with sweat on his face. And it's going to say, just do it. And you watch that and you're like, dang. I want, I want some of that. Right. And that's why you buy the gear. They don't sell t-shirts. They don't sell, sell shoes. They sell uh, a lifestyle, a feeling an emotion. And and that's what we're doing with rise and grind is we're creating, it's a, it's a lifestyle that people dive into that focuses on, you know, the seven main areas of our lives that are super important. You know, our, our faith, our fitness, our family, our friends, uh, how we feel about ourselves, our careers and our finances and, and, and just helping people level up in all of those areas. And, and, and that's that's what we're building. So where does that take us? I don't know. Maybe maybe one day, you know, we're uh, we're a global brand running running side by side with Nike. I don't know. Uh, I know that I'll keep showing up, though, uh, as long as long as they show up, I'll be here. I think that's the most important thing is that those kind of values with the internet, the way it is today and with social media and with the proliferation of information and the access to people is that whilst media is controlled by six companies alone, we, we, you and I and every other podcaster and and, and person who's created a t-shirt shop. And if we can pull together, if we, if, because actually we've just spoken today. You're, you've got the seven values. My, I've got the F5, like, and there's, because we all know that that's the right. We all know that that's what's right. We all know that's what we want to see reflected back on us from the people that we can create in our community. And if that then gets passed on to their children and to the other kids in the class, then we can hopefully, whether it is of a religious background or whether it is a values-based background, right. uh, 
hopefully start to push back and be more of a of a of a world community and a group of people who, who, are, who are doing good things for each other. I agree, uh, man, a million yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so, you know, we're getting towards the towards the hour. We'd like to keep it, but below there, uh, this has just been been brilliant. It's, when when you have a uh, an interesting person on, there's there's never enough time to talk about everything. Sure. What about the video though? With this, <laughs> hey, I think we're on the schedule like three times, so I could always just come back. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> if you're wondering what we're laughing about, I'll, I'll do a screenshot of my Google Calendar, and you'll understand. But just quickly, the video of you roller skating across the stage—is is, that—is that a normal thing at your events, or was that just a funny thing that happened? Yeah, man, I um. That was, a, that was an interesting day. <laughs> Thanks, man. I uh, I love skating. I grew up skating with my dad, and you know, all my kids skate. And um, like for that particular event, I just I'm I'm really I'm I'm really strange, Johnny. Like I am a I'm um I'm an empath, right? So I I, I just absorb feelings and energy and then i just act on that and so like my show for example i write my show every morning right before i deliver it like i write it uh it takes me 30 minutes to write it and then i show up in the studio and i build it and i deliver it that day it's never pre pre-mapped out you know any anything like that i always write it that day but for that particular event i went down there with one speaking thing in mind that i was gonna do and then once I got down there and I felt the energy and the vibe and the people and so on and so forth, I had this, uh, I had this, like, I was like, dude, I need my skates. Like I gotta put, I gotta put my skates on, man. They, they, I, I can tell the story better through my skates. And so I called my wife and she packaged them up and like, she had to pay like $180 to overnight these skates <laughs> down to me. And then she overnights them down, but they went to like some little tiny weird post office and they got stuck and we had to track them down. But long story short is I got the skates and, and, and delivered. And a lot of people have actually referred to that particular um, uh, presentation that I gave, which makes me think that uh, once we get back to doing live events, we might have to bring those suckers back out for uh, another presentation or two. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Well, we'll do it. We'll we'll have we'll bring a, a team super dad crew. Like we'll come, we'll do a, a weekend away. We'll come and we'll come and all join you at at the at the rise and grind event when it's when we're back back face to face back live. That would be amazing. I would absolutely love that. It really would. And so, as always, you know, people want to find out where they can connect up with you or be part of Rise and Grind. Um, where, where are some of the, the, the channels and socials they can come and, and get more of, of what you've got to offer, Glenn? Yeah. So if you want to learn more about, um, you know, just kind of everything I do, you can go to glennlundy.com. That's kind of the umbrella website that connects you to uh, you can go down the Rise and Grind channel, the automotive channel. You can see other presentations, so on and so forth. That also links to all our social media handles from there. So it's really, really the easiest thing to do is just head to glennlundy.com and, uh, and we'll connect there. And then hopefully I'll see you soon. It'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Absolutely brilliant. Well, it was such a pleasure to to do this, to get this live, to to share it on the podcast. Um, I'll say goodbye, but uh, hold tight. We'll, we'll, we'll say goodbye between us on the other side. Team Superdad, friends, family, members all around the world. It's been a real pleasure to have you with us on this show. Glenn, you've been an absolutely brilliant guest. Uh, such uh, a pleasure to hear your story, all the good stuff, the, the tricky stuff. Uh, and most importantly, the, the little pieces of, of skill and focus and dedication that's taken you to where you've got to today. What one man can, every man can and uh, and I really want people to realize that that's that's what's possible for us all. Thanks, yeah, man, you're spot on. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. This has been this has been great. What a guy! What a guy! Glenn and his team reached out to me through our podcasting connections, and and I was excited to to, to have him on to talk to him. But you never know what's going to come up in these, in these conversations, and and. As always, it was brilliant. So just the, in particular, the bit about the time he gets up and that year when he drank nothing but water 
Like, really, I hope whatever you took from this podcast that you consider what could you do for yourself that is a stretch? What could you do for yourself that teaches you something about yourself that you didn't know before? Like to, to really win at something, to, to break through and create a new understanding of yourself. Because when you can do it in one area of life, you can do it in any area of your life. And that's when the success that you want will come. And that really is what Team Superdad is all about. Come on over to the Team Superdad webpage.com, teamsuperdad.com. You can see uh, on the start here tab, there's a special link that will give you a um, access to the podcast that's most suitable to your device, iPod or Android. Then you can join the Facebook community and you can get on the pre-registration list for the Hero Academy. There's 20 places. It's going to be a epic adventure The program is eight weeks, but it gives you access to the Hero Academy community for the whole year. So you don't want to miss out. Um, Those 20 places are already going and and Christmas is going to be the perfect buffer before landing in January and kickstarting 2021. It's going to be epic. It's going to be better than 2020. That's for sure. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave me a review. I'll see you next time. Team Superdad out. Bye. This has been Team Super Dad. Find us at teamsuperdad.com.